This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. I'm back, baby! I'm back! The boys are back in town! Turned around, guys. We are back, baby. We are back. We are back. Classic. We are back. We are back. We are getting back. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. Have all four sidekicks ever been in the same place at the same time? Don't call us sidekicks. Not after today. I'm back in business, baby! Why let them tell us what to do? It's simple. Get on board or get out of the way. You just don't get it, do you? You went off mission. That was a huge mistake. Impulse? That's so crash! I'm back, baby! Why isn't anyone ever just whelmed? Welcome to Everyone Loves Young Justice Podcast. I'm your host, Rob. And I'm Jay. This podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. You can find us on all social media at Twitter at ELYJ Podcast. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ELYJ Pod. And you can email into the show at ELYJ Podcast at Yahoo.com. And now that we've got uh, on our third episode, well, we now have three that you can uh, listen to on iTunes. And if you do, uh, head over to iTunes and leave a review there. A nice maybe little five-star review. Pulling some Justin Kowalski there. You know, a little five-star review gets you a little read onto the uh, show. Or I guess if it's a one star we'll, we'll still read it on the show so we're looking forward to reading your itunes reviews if it's a like one, i said we appreciate your honesty but hopefully right. it's at least a four <laughs> yeah four, four would be four would be great five is awesome and one it's like all right cool just don't say my mother's fat so yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll try to be better <laughs> yeah we will do better i'll start doing push-ups so this is taking a look at another book I had never read, and this is was part of like the girls' frenzy little movement that DC was doing, kind of a a little one-off. That this is technically the first Young Justice book that sometimes, depending on how it's collected or in 
how people say, oh, this is technically the first Young Justice story. So sometimes people say this is the first one because it's the first one listed as Young Justice, you know, the secret. But the world without hero, world without adults is the actual first Young Justice story. So this was an interesting one. We'll talk about the cover, and then Jay and I are going to flip roles here. I had no idea about this at all. I did not read it until probably the end of November of last year, uh, getting ready for this show. I was aware that A World Without Grownups was around, but The Secret just uh, came out of nowhere for me. So was this something you also read in, in continuity at the time? Yeah, I read this around that time. I think this was Man. the only girlfriend scene, like you're saying, uh, uh, yeah. branded book that I read. But I mean, I read it because, like you said, it it was the officially the kickoff for Young Justice proper because it even says in the title Young Justice, the secret number one. So I right. did read this back then. Well, because of that. We're going to change driver's seats, and uh, why don't you take us through uh, the secret number one here? Lovito, B, two, two. All right, before we get into Young Justice, the secret, let's take a look at the information for this issue, and it comes from mikesamazingworld.com. Great resources to find out all the information and page numbers and who wrote what and who was the inker of all these comics that you read. mikesamazingworld.com. Go check them out. The cover date for the secret was June 1998. The on-sale date is April 29th, 1998. The cover price is $1.95. The editor is Eddie Berganza. The title, The Secret. Featuring Young Justice, writer the writer Todd Donazzo, penciler Todd Nock, the inker Larry Stucker, the letter John Lopez, colorist Jason Wright. This has been reprinted in JLA World Without Grownups trade paperback released in 1998, and DC Comics presents Young Justice number 2, 2011, and this was a recently uh, reprinted again in uh, 2017. Uh, the penciler on the cover is Leonard Kirk, and the inker is Carl C. Story. And uh, the synopsis for this one, again, like you will hear Jay and I say in this episode, it is a little hard to discuss this because it is a little flashback heavy. So I'm going to take the easy way out and let somebody else write the synopsis for this. I'm picking this synopsis up from DCFandom.com's uh, Wikia page for The Secret, and it reads as follows. Robin, Superboy, and Impulse heard that the DEO ordered the evacuation of a small town in upstate New York, so they decided to go check things out for themselves. Dr. Charles recruits the young heroes and asks them to help and capture a dangerous, gaseous creature that escaped from their WAVE facility. The boys find and capture the creature, only to discover that it's actually a girl who is being held against her will and subjected to horrible tests by the DEO. Robin, Superboy, and Impulse decide to free the girl and call her their secret. In the Justice League Watchtower, Max Mercury, Flash, and Superman talk with Batman via video conference about the incident involving the youngsters. Batman is now fond of the DEO and trusts the kids' judgment, even if they might have kept a little secret. So the broad strokes of the story are ultimately Robin, Impulse, and Superboy are being grilled and interviewed by some people off off screen because they encountered something that needs to be kept secret and they whoever is interviewing them wants to make sure that they're a being truthful 
in saying how little they actually know about what they may or may not have seen. And this will all make sense later, I promise. <laughs> and uh, make sure that their stories corroborate together and that you know they are all telling pretty much the exact same story. So that's pretty much the framework. It begins with Robin being being drilled by by again somebody off screen wanting to know exactly what he and his friends were doing. So we see a scene where Robin, Impulse, and Superboy meet up. Robin is in the Redbird, which I always love seeing that that car Ditto. was so sweet, and I loved it. And then they are ultimately set upon by some DEO agents. The DEO, of course, being the Department of Extra Normal Operations, uh, taking care of the weird <laughs> otherworldly things that occur in the DC universe. And ultimately, what, what has happened is some sort of scary, hideous creature has escaped, and they want to make sure they haven't seen it. And if they do, they want them to, the boys, to turn it in. So. What happens over the course of the issue is just that the the boys keep their secrets together while also being pretty much true to life and fact factual about what actually happened in in this pursuit of this creature until we ultimately find out what it what it actually is. So I'm going to be you know that was just a very vague overview of the whole thing. So how how much exposure do you have to like the deo in the comics i mean is uh, is it uh, an organization that you're intimately familiar with or uh, just one that kind of pops up here and there that uh you kind of have to remind yourself exists or somewhere in between i have to remind myself that they exist and i think the supergirl tv show i don't know if they even remotely cop comic book accurate accurate but that's the biggest draw of information i have from them i've read plenty of other stories with you know the deo mentioned but it's never at a it's usually at a point that the deo has been in existence and it's just an organization that seems to just get in the way of all of the heroes that i'm reading about so this was probably the most that i've gotten out of them in a in a very long time to figure out that with this being young justice's first official issue that you've got to get some information of like, okay, the DEO is going to play a bigger role with Young Justice, so we kind of got to spell some of that out. So my general knowledge is just enough to get by that I'm not lost in the story, but I usually don't have enough information to know what they're doing or why they're doing it. Sure. So uh, this this is going to be a little bit different than like a normal I- issue because so much of this is told in flashback and flash forward. Mm-hmm. So it's really weird talking about sequences because uh, you'll have like, like especially this uh, uh, this third page here that we have the page is cut into three separate panels. The top panel and the bottom panel are occurring at two different points, and then there's a flashback in from the first panel in the middle (laughs) so it's not a matter of just saying oh what did we think about this cool sequence because technically the bottom panel is the present the top panel is a flashback from the bottom panel and then the middle panel is a flashback from the top panel which is a flashback from the bottom panel so it's a little different here but uh i mean obviously even just looking at the cover which you know like side note that is a really interesting cover i like the design of it at least it's a uh, leonard kirk and carl story i mean this is 
what we ultimately learn is secret, the uh, character in the story. But what, what did you think of the uh, cover? Just to kind of rewind a thought, little bit there. Yeah, I thought the char- or the uh, the cover was really kind of trippy and really kind of sad at the same time. And it's all in the eyes. You get the outline of like being able to tell this is a girl with the hair and uh, the body physique. But the thing that really is kind of striking is the eyes. And they're looking more up into the uh, frame of the face. But you can kind of see that there's a, a sadness in there. And uh, I, I just really dug it. And it's just, it's, it's a very moody cover. And I find it very relaxing at the same time. Yeah, I, I like the colors too, because it's very, it's got that almost purple background. Mm-hmm. And then kind of a dark reddish orange, and then a little bit of yellow and like an off-white color really interesting combination of colors there but that makes it all the more striking because it's not anything that you know maybe you would normally see like you see on movie posters you see a lot of blue and orange playing off of each other which this is maybe just adjacent to but because it's not just a solid blue it's more of a violet and then it's not really necessarily an orange it's more of like a I don't know, like uh, Sienna or something, or maybe that's... Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. But you, you know what I mean. It's slightly different shades of those colors that it gives it a really interesting look. But it also keeps us in on, haha, appropriately enough, the secret that the boys are keeping that even seeing the cover, we know that this DEO agent who is telling this story about this big monstrous creature that has escaped, maybe he's not telling the whole truth either. Uh, because that's what he tries to play it off as. They had this uh, kind of smoke creature that had been in stasis, but then it escaped into the wilderness, and then it could possibly, you know, overload some nuclear reactors or you know what have you, and then ultimately just cause mass destruction. And that's when they uh, call on the boys to you know kind of help them find it so they can do the job for them and everything. But even then, you can tell that they're just not on the ball and on on the level there either early on and then as we just keep keep moving forward i mean it bounces back and forth between the boys giving their testimonials and then trying to go off and find this mysterious character and ultimately they come across a town that holds some promise and you know they have the container and you know impulse thinks that he might be able to go in there and find what they're looking for because he's faster but robin of course thinks that they need a plan ultimately impulse surprise surprise comes across a big scary smoke monster so this kind of skipped over a lot here but the problem is like i said a lot of it is just dialogue and talking and secrets being kept until we jump into the meat of the story. It's worth mentioning that this is not written by Peter David, who would uh, ultimately be the main right. writer for Young Justice. It's written by Todd DeZago, who I uh, believe same one who wrote The World Without Grownups, but it is illustrated by Todd Knock. So it's nice seeing his aesthetic, you know, already there from the beginning with the boys in in this uh, series. So what did you think, at least about the mystery building up over the first half of the issue or so? I didn't know what quite to make of it at first. I thought it <laughs> I remember telling my wife today, like, I can't wait to talk about this. It reads very well, but I don't think it's going to discuss very well. I think somebody's going to get to the episode and go, what? So I think this is one that I think you really need to read this to really 
appreciate it because there is a lot of jumping back and forth timeline wise. And I don't even think this would translate very well in a movie or even if they did an animated version of this. But I think it lends itself very well that you can start figuring out the panel layout. And I really didn't know if the boys were lying, if they're the ones that are keeping the secret or who who's not saying the right thing. Spoilers, everybody has some type of secret somewhere in this that and there's only one person in this whole story that is actually telling the whole truth and we'll get to that by the end. This is I think being the first official story is them trying to figure out well who well who died and made you leader. Bart's wanting to run off and Tim and Connor kind of have this back and forth of who's going to take charge. So I I really like how this is starting out and then like you said trying to figure out who who knows what and the interrogation I was more trying to figure out who's doing the interrogation cuz I th- was thinking this whole time it's the DEO we'll find out later it's it's not who's who we are led to believe is doing the interrogation yeah exactly so i mean it is a interesting twist but like to your point it's it's a hard book to discuss i mean at yeah. least from a pay going page by page or sequence by sequence because just everything kind of jumps around countering your point it reads well like you said but it would play off really well as uh, some sort of maybe animated special or something but but even then it may spoil some of uh, the surprise of who is actually interrogating the boys because then you could actually hear them so right. I mean, it works best on the page, but it's difficult saying, okay, so in here, they're talking about this that happened in this next panel, which actually happened several hours earlier, <laughs> and then it jumps right. back to the interrogate. So we apologize that this is <laughs> difficult to discuss, but we're doing our best here. I do already, like I said, even though this isn't David who's writing it, I do like a lot of the interplay between the boys, even early on here. They had some good chemistry in World Without Grownups, but then it was a little more straightforward. You know, we just need to team up and figure out what's going on. Uh, here, you get a little bit more of their personalities together. I think a lot of it is how uh, Todd Nock, he portrays them reacting to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I like this one sequence when when they get away from the DEO and far enough away that they can stop and actually discuss what they're actually going to do about this. Like, are they going to cooperate or what are they going to do and uh, how are they going to bring uh, whatever it is they find down? And then Robin and Superboy are arguing about, you know, who's in charge, like you said. Uh, but then Robin tells Impulse that he needs to go into the DEO compound to get something. And before he can even finish the sentence, Impulse runs off. And then you see, you know, Robin, surprise, Superboy, maybe a little more like, haha, Robin's not as in charge as he thinks. But then in the next panel, Impulse comes back and says, and what? Because, you know, he ran <laughs> off before he could hear the whole story. I, I'm uh, sorry, what did point. you want? <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's some great character work. Uh, there's some great personality in the pencils. Uh, like I say, even though this is the first story that they, ha- they have together, I mean, spoilers, we've recorded issues, <laughs> episodes for issues one and two before we've gone to this one. But there's already a lot of what we see in those issues in the their interactions here and in, in how knock portrays them together. But there's also some really cool panel layouts, some really just cool visual storytelling, especially yeah. with impulse. I just love how knock manages to 
illustrate his his speed effects and everything. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. A few pages later, even in just how he draws Bart in his interrogation chair, he's kind of lounging over the side uh, and then <laughs> is yelled that. at by somebody to sit up. And then he's immediately there. You know, just lots of great personality, lots of energy in the visual storytelling here. And some really fun gags, too, because uh, after after the boys had you know met together they were formulating a plan to get into the deo headquarters or uh what have you uh, you see that agent along with uh, another guy in like a hazmat suit just sitting there talking and then there's a nice little swipe sound effect and impulse mm-hmm. comes back to robin with a container that they need so it's just a bunch of fun little visual gags like that i think the the standout and this for me is bart the way knock Jaws Bart, and I think he's slowly starting to find the uh, the look for Robin. And his hair's a little bit shorter than it would normally become. Superboy looks pretty close to being on model here. I think he will draw him just a little bit leaner later on. But yeah, the gags are really funny. We get another one of those moments of seeing Robin in motion shortly after Bart comes back with the canister of Robin trying to roll and get out of the way and as they're trying to catch this monster in the graveyard, this like smoke monster. So I think that's, that's kind of a, a cool little beat too. So probably the most straightforward portion of the issue is here in this graveyard. It's the sequence that has really the most action, the most uninterrupted action. There are a couple of little asides going back to maybe a little talking head kind of balloon throughout. But the action is pretty uninterrupted from when they come up with this plan to ultimately converge on what ends up being a graveyard or where they end up is in a graveyard rather mm-hmm. and then they encounter the smoke monster that is like the deo agent said a giant monstrous creature made of smoke so it's appropriate that's a smoke monster but then they try to contain it by using their skills and abilities impulse tries to you know run around and confuse it and then funnel it into this canister that they got and while all of this is happening. Robin's just kind of standing aside and he's narrating his observations, but being just very general, very diplomatic about it. Like, well, what we did is we used the best resources we had at our advantage. Impulse did X with his super speed. Superboy stood there because he's invulnerable and he wouldn't be affected by what Impulse was doing. And, and telling the story without actually telling what a- what happened. So they're, they're kind of going through some uh, double talk themselves because he is being factual. He is being true to what happened, but it's only, you would call it like a lie of omission uh, right. if they actually found out what it was. And ultimately, they find out after they have captured this smoke creature, they do not reveal this to their interrogators, but they find out that the creature isn't a giant monster, but actually a frightened young girl. I mean, after seeing the cover, maybe you weren't that surprised about this. Right, and right. Reading the series, what did you think of this reveal, especially when in the panels above this, the interrogation panels, the boys are being asked, you know, were you able to contain the subject without incident? Uh, were you able to test its toxicity? Did you notice 
anything weird about this subject and all the boys, you know, denying that there was right. anything strange going on, ultimately finding out that it's uh, that it's actually a girl. We're, we're, uh, what did you think about this reveal? I was curious or maybe glad to know this is where she comes from. This is where her introductory is to have, you know, read uh, the majority of the Young Justice series and go, they never really explain kind of where she comes from and have it be here. I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. So all the extra little nods that you'll get throughout the series really kind of makes sense. Like, oh, I was missing an issue. So the surprise of knowing, hey, it's a it's a frightened girl is kind of lost by the cover and just what you know if you've read the bulk of the series. But I really did like this. And this is kind of what I was alluding to, that this is the only person that is actually being truthful. The DEO isn't really saying what they're doing. They're not saying, hey, we're torturing these other kids. If this was the animated show, they would be saying they're testing for the metagene, you know, right. that that type of stuff for all you Young Justice animated series fans, which is essentially what they're doing here. You have Robin, Superboy, and Impulse denying everything. People that are interrogating them have their own secrets. And you have this one character through this whole story saying, this is what they're doing. I'm not trying to be this, but they're forcing this out of me. They're having me be this weapon. And she really doesn't want to be doing that. So that's more what was surprising to me is what they were making her do, not who she was. Right. And what I think is really effective about it, too, is like you said, she's the only one who's being 100% honest and truthful. But even she doesn't know the whole story either, because she's not sure how she wound up with the DEO. She's not sure why she was there, why she was being tested on. She just knows that that's where she came from, and she wanted to escape from it. And she knows the you know, the monstrosities and uh, just the horrible things that they're doing on these other children that that are in there mm-hmm. as well. And the abuse that they uh, that she had to put up with because they were terrified of her and afraid of what she would do with her powers. I think that's the thing that got to me more through this is is what they were having her do. And she she's afraid herself, like you said. So, yeah, I thought that was was wonderfully written. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do think, uh, like with some of the uh, the trademark, for better or worse, that the series have come to be no- known for, some of the the puns in visual <laughs> gags maybe being a little much. Her sitting on a tombstone and obscuring le- all the letters, but the letter C and then in the last name, C-R-I-T. So it effectively spells C-crit. C-crit. That right. was a little too cutesy and on the nose <laughs> yeah that 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 was a big nose right there yeah definitely but that doesn't take away the fact that the the power of that scene the uh, impact of that scene where ultimately she confides in them and tells them the reason that a she's been putting on this monstrous appearance but also why she's telling the boys all of the this information she could have gotten out you know if she wanted to but didn't is because she wanted them to trust her because she just she needs friends she wants somebody that she can trust who can trust her without fearing her or without being afraid of her or without trying to use her and her powers for their own their own sinister motives she just wanted friends i thought that was a really really powerful scene as well oh yeah i i totally agree yeah 
And then, you know, we ultimately find out that the uh, containment unit that the uh, DEO gave them wasn't actually going to return her back to the DEO headquarters, but it was actually going to render her inert. And eh, there's kind of a silly little gag. It's not maybe right. laugh out loud funny, but it is, it is on brand for them, let's say, where Impulse doesn't know what it means. And then, you know, Superboy snaps at him. She means dead, doofus, which upsets her, rightfully so, because she doesn't want to die. So, I mean, that was a nice scene, just seeing the boys being a little maybe a little too brash and rash uh, and impulsive, but I mean, it was believable. You know, these, these aren't guys that have everything together. They're not going to make the wise decisions all the time. They're not going to say the right thing all the time. So even though it was a little upsetting seeing secret as uh, they come to call her, seeing her get really upset at even the prospect that she would die, that is, a believable scene between them. So what did you think of this this final sequence where, you know, she lays out what the DEO wants to do with her and then the Young Justice, before they're named Young Justice, tricking them so that um, Secret can go about her own ways and, and escape and uh, find out the rest of her story? I thought it was very clever. I feel like a broken record, extremely well-written. And can really see how the three of them are going to work as a team. Like, this is the plan, or this is the quote-unquote lie or secret. And knowing, like, if we turn if we turn her over, sh- she's as good as dead. They're going to turn her into a living, breathing weapon, and she's going to end up doing things that she doesn't want to do, and people are probably going to die for it. So if we've got to take it on the chin for this and make them think that they have what they think it's going to be so she can get away, fine. So I thought it was the first team-building moment that you get to see the three of them go in, here's the story, here's what we're saying, and we're going to stick to it. I thought it was really, really cool. I mean, it is a effective sequence it's it's disturbing uh seeing what yeah. they actually want to do with her because they attach this uh containment unit with some sort of billowy smoke in it to this uh to this machine on the side of this deo truck and it ultimately explodes without a trace of anything there and uh, the deo agent is uh, trying to cover his tracks because he's called out by robin while superboy and right. impulse are, are uh, rescuing some of the other deo guys you know, saying, you know, what was that that happened? And he's like, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe the uh, the <laughs> oxygen mixture was too rich, uh, short in the system. Uh, tragic, truly, truly tragic. So, I mean, the guy's <laughs> yeah. clearly full of crap and playing right. this from the yeah. beginning. That really helped villainize those characters, you know, knowing that right. even though the boys aren't being remarkably truthful and they didn't do what they were supposed to they still did the right thing because on the next page find out that they had used uh, an old soda bottle to hide secret and then they let her go free i mean she is just overjoyed and decides that she's going to go off and try to uh you know discover what happened discover things about her own past and that's when that's when she gets the name secret by robin and uh, we find out ultimately that they weren't being interrogated by the DEO, but by uh, Superman, Batman, Max Mercury, and The Flash. They're the ones that were trying to keep the story straight and, you know, ask them, is there any chance that she survived? And 
you know, they're like, well, I guess that it was killed in an explosion. Yeah. Cause I really like technically, you know, that's, that's the official that's, story. Yeah. Even Batman calls out they're good kids. They certainly know right from wrong. Whatever happened, I'm sure they did the right thing. And if for some reason they couldn't tell us the entire truth, well, we all have our little secrets, don't we? You know, you get the feeling that even, I mean, not even get the feeling, it's right there yeah. on the page. It's pretty <laughs> right. obvious. But the Justice League members, they know that the boys weren't being 100% truthful. But even more than that, and even more telling of uh, their relationships and how they see impulse robin and superboy as heroes is they know that even if they aren't being truthful and honest about it they still know that they did what they needed to do they did the right thing even if it's not what a government authority was telling them so what did you think about this big twist at the end here i would have liked to have said oh i i bet it's superman and batman that's that's interrogating them what i expected is maybe what we've come to expect so far that they were being interrogated by the DEO and they walk out of the room and that it's going to be Superman, Batman, and you know, maybe the flash all standing there and say, you may have fooled them, but you're not going to fool us. We know what happened. And that would have been the issue, but I'm glad it didn't pan out to be that way that it, it was a surprise to go, Oh, it is Superman, Batman, the flash and max and reading this, I could hear Bruce Greenwood's Batman from the animated Young Justice show saying that last little section that you read. And then Batman isn't wasn't even in the room interrogating them. He's probably in the Batcave or, you know, in the watchtower or something like that. And, you know, turns off his monitor as, like you said, a way of saying they didn't do what they were supposed to, but they did what we were what they were supposed to, just like we all have. So I dug the the way this uh Uh, story ended another thing that i really liked is that uh, even in the interaction between superman flash and max mercury is even they didn't want to probe too deep they probably realized that what the deo wanted wasn't as uh, as altruistic and as cut and dry as they were saying so they probably realized that there was there was more at play that they only questioned them on a very broad surface level and didn't go any deeper, even if they had some suspicions because they effectively wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt and, uh, wanted to have, you got to love it when your brain just says, no, you're done. It's, it's like right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, plausible deniability. Pl- that is exactly it. Okay. That's, <laughs> me, uh, that even they didn't want to probe any deeper because they wanted to have plausible deniability. So thank yeah. you for helping remember <laughs> me remember that, Rob. <laughs> I always love that word, but I can never remember it when yeah, I need I, to remember I, it. I, I was like, ignorance of something. No, no. Rob helped me figure out plausible deniability. So thank <laughs> well, you. Well, <laughs> and I've got to give credit to Independence Day, you <laughs> know, uh, the movie where they says, you know, how do you get funding for something like this? And the whoever the Secretary of Defense is like plausible deniability. Yeah. I remember looking up that phrase going, what does that mean? Like, oh, you know, something's going on, but you're going to deny it to the nth degree. Exactly. So they, they don't want to probe any deeper. They don't want to question them any more than they have to because, I mean, A, I'm sure they know that the DEO is not really on the up and up either. Right. They're not as benevolent organization as they're putting on, but they don't want to have to lie themselves. So they're just saying, you know what? We're going to take 
them saying that what happened happened and we're not going to dive any deeper than that i did kind of like the line that uh max says you know the boys didn't i trust them well i trust robin and superboy i thought that was pretty funny which i mean it could take it as a dig against impulse but i think it's more just uh he trusts that uh, you know even if i would read that more as even if impulse wouldn't have been the one to come up with the the plan to that they ultimately ended up doing he still has two others around him who could steer him on the right path, I guess. Right. Because Bart is in no way malicious whatsoever. He's just flighty and doesn't always think things through, as we've seen several times in this issue so far already. <laughs> right. Well, and it's also one of those things, too, when the less you know, like when somebody tells you, like, I just robbed the convenience store, you're like, well, now I have to do something with that information. It's one thing to think, well... You might have done something, but I I officially don't know because you said no. But once I see the security camera footage, now you're putting me in that predicament of like, well, now I'm on the hook for this. You're on the hook for doing the thing that you said you didn't do, and now I have evidence of doing it. So either now I'm buying into your lie, or I just don't need to ask any more questions I don't need to know. So I think that plays all the way around with, with everybody in this. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, overall thoughts, what did you think of the secret on your uh, first read-through here? I really, really dug this. This was one, I think because I had known beats of the previous one, that this was one I was eagerly wanting to read. And I was telling myself, like, eh, it's it's this whole girl frenzy thing, which I was reading what this was for DC at the time. And I'm like man, this is probably not going to be like, really, this girl frenzy thing that DC is doing? This is the first launching pad for Young Justice? Like, okay. And I, I was glad I got sold a weird bill of sale that I was yeah. like, oh, no, this is better than what the synopsis was saying that it was going to be. So I, I really dug this one. And I always liked the secret character. So it was nice getting a good introductory to her and a good chunk of her backstory right in this, you know, one single issue. Exactly. And I thought this would make for a really good singular podcast that when we were putting this together, I didn't want to make it, oh, we're just going to lump it in with something else. I think this would be a nice one and done issue and a really cool discussion. Yeah, definitely. I liked it uh, just fine. I, it wasn't a story that I returned to a lot. I kind of mm-hmm. owned it, uh, read it, and then you know put it aside and didn't really read it again until World Without Grownups. I didn't really uh, re- return to it until I uh, started needing to read up on it for the podcast here but yeah it's it's a well-written it's an interesting story that sets up a character that's going to have pretty big presence and play a pretty big part in the young justice title further down the line it's a good introduction to todd knock and his uh, visual style with the characters and uh, like you said it's a pretty cool mystery and very nice one and done issue which we don't get enough of these days with right just you know continuing arcs and even one shot still tying into some <laughs> other bigger arc you know it, it's nice being able to just pick up a a book and then read it and then that's the story right kind of miss that <laughs> i do too this would have probably crossed over 12 issues and there would have been 12 variant covers and half of the boys probably would have been drawn as some version of the smoke monster as well just to make 
Rob Myers in Ohio by every single one of the covers. And we find out that Girl Frenzy is a literal monster named Frenzy who is turning yeah. all these characters into smoke monsters, but you have to buy all the tie-ins to get every single little clue to discover <sighs> that before it ends in a very, very, very disappointing final one-shot issue. Right, yeah. Uh, please, DC. <laughs> you- Let's let's not do that. Yeah, they're not they're not the only ones though. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, like we said, this is where we're going to wrap up this episode. It's been fun going back through doing some of these, but like we said in the first episode, this is going to be nice to be able to bounce back and forth between the '98 Young Justice and the 2019 Young Justice, and we'll probably start slipping some of the Young Justice animated tie-in comics as well. And uh, maybe even look at some classic Young Justice cartoon series as well. And maybe we'll throw some commentary tracks your way from time to time. So this is where we're going to end the episode. On the behalf of Jay, this is Rob signing off saying we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everyone Loves Young Justice Podcast. We are part of the BatmanUniverse.net podcasting network. If you would like to get a hold of us, you can do so a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELYJ Podcast. We are also on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash ELYJ Pod. You can email under the show at ELYJ Podcast at yahoo.com and we will read your comments on the air. If you listen to the show on iTunes, leave a review there. That will help spread the word of the show, and we will read your review as well. Now, if your mode has been crashed, or if you feel a bit whelmed by the show, no infringement was intended. All music and sound clips belong to their respective copyright holders. These are just to illustrate and enhance your listening experience. No coinage is, was, or will be made by this show. Our wives said so. All characters discussed on the show belong to DC Comics. The opinions on this show belong to the two chatterboxes alone. Not that anyone else does, but if you want your voice heard, let us know why everyone loves Young Young Justice. Justice.